Uh, for those of you that are guests, my name is Brendan Fairley. I'm the lead pastor here. For those of you that um, come here every week, you may not know, my name is Brendan Fairley and uh, the lead pastor here at Bridgewood. Welcome. Happy Easter. Awesome. <laughs> well, what I want to do first is just let's, uh, let's open up in some prayer. Let's posture our hearts in, in a way that we're ready to receive all that God has for us because he has a lot. And he has a lot to say. Um, actually, you know what? I think he has simple things to say to us that are going to be very profound because he says them. Not because I say them, but because he says them. So we want to be open to that. So Lord, we ask right now, what do you want to say to us? And how do you want us to respond? We thank you, God, for what today represents. But we thank you um, that we get to celebrate Easter every day and not just once a year. That it's a reality you invite us into. So we thank you. We pray that we would enjoy our time together. That we would try to stay as present as we can with you as you minister to us, as you speak life into us. So we just uh, simply say, have your way, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you were to look at a calendar and you were to think and pick out probably the two most anticipated, or let's just say this, two of the most important dates on the calendar for a church, what would they be? Christmas and Easter. No, that's wrong, actually. No, that's right. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Christmas and Easter. Right? There are churches all over the world, all over the country that have been preparing for today. M many of us have been to those kind of churches. We prepared for today. Right? But one of the things I want to make very clear is that today is simple. What today represents is simple. We... Uh, as a culture, expect to hear something from our leaders, our, our, our pastors, on Easter Sunday. Can you tell me what that is? It's a phrase. He is risen. And then what do we say? He is risen, he is risen indeed. Yay! Those are fun things to say. And they're true things. But I don't know if we gather or grasp the weight of them. How could we? We're mortal beings trying to understand an uncreated God. And in our minds, why would a God send his one and only son for us? Why? Why would Jesus experience separation from the living God so that, and conquer death so that we could have life? Well, I'll tell you. And this is my vocabulary, not scripture. He's bonkers about you. He's obsessed with you. And it's not the first time you've heard me say that, but he is. So I've fulfilled my part of expectation, and I've said, he is risen. risen so here, I think this is only fair. I have an expectation of us. Can I share that? Is that okay? I'm going to anyways, because I have the microphone. Now live it every day. Live the resurrection every day. That's our expectation. The resurrection is an invitation and a pursuit of God's heart towards ours. 
when you look at Scripture, and Sharon, Pastor Sharon did an unbelievable job Friday night painting this picture. Who was there for Good Friday? Okay. So you, you were able to witness how she gave basically cliff notes of the story of Scripture, God's interaction with us, and at every place she stopped, there was an invitation. And that invitation was always to keep us close to him. When Jesus is on the scene, it's only magnified. That's what he wants. Just us. So this morning, we're going to go through a few places in Scripture that show the, the, the beauty and the simplicity of God's heart and the potency of it through an invitation, through a pursuit. Because guess what? He's never, ever, ever going to stop going after you. Whether you know him or you don't, there's always more to know of him. And not just about him, but know him when you're in relationship with him. So there's always an invitation to say yes. Now I want you to use your imaginations with me for a moment. And I'm going to read a passage to you, and I just want you to sit in it for a second and picture what it would be like to be there and witness this scene. Many of us may know this. If not, You've got fresh eyes, so it'll be interesting to see what you, what you experience. But I want you to close your eyes, whatever you do, to visualize something. And I'm going to read out of Mark 10, verses 17 and following. And here we will see Jesus extend a beautiful invitation that reflects his pursuit of our hearts. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answers, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Let me say that again. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, Jesus said. Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. This is an extremely important passage for us to always keep on our minds. Because think about how vast, how great Jesus is, and, and how much we study him. The hours of theology, the hours of studying scripture, and it comes down to a simple invitation. Do you want to be with me or do you not want to be with me? That's what it comes down to. It's as simple as that. He doesn't need to make it complicated. Does Jesus extend this man an invitation, yes or no? Does this man accept the invitation? No. How many of you at one time or another have felt God calling you to something, giving you the invitation to step into something, and you've said no? right? We all have. How does it feel? It feels bad, right? And it's not just about shame, but
But there's like a homing beacon in us. When we're not with him, we feel it. We may not identify it that way, but we feel it because we're meant to be where he is. And when we're not, we feel that absence. And Jesus knows this. That's why he extends the invitation. And do you know what? He lets us know that he loves us and that he sees us. That's very clear. You think Jesus probably knew this man's heart that he was going to walk away from? Yeah, but it did not change the fact that he loved this man. Which means God is always pursuing us. His heart will not stop going after ours. And there's countless other invitations we see Jesus give, but there's a, one that is just the whopper of them all. In Luke 22, where he has gone through the torture. He's gone through the things we would talk about at a Good Friday service, where we, where we get a picture of what he endured physically. And remember, it wasn't just physically. In the garden, when he was crying out to God, may this cup pass me by, do we read that God answered back? No. It was the first time in eternity that Jesus cried out, that Jesus extended imitation to God to talk with him and he heard nothing so that you and I would never hear the silence when we cry out to God. So you and I would never have to experience that kind of separation, that kind of isolation. And on the cross, he says this, to his last breath, he is still going after our hearts. To his last breath, he's still fighting for us. When he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's pleading for us so that we could have an open invitation to be where he is. And when we see the empty tomb, it is the big last invitation because it's an always an open invitation. I've conquered death. You have an open invitation to be where I am all the time. And you don't ever have to leave. That's a, that's a pretty sweet invite, is it not? No, am I the only one? Amen. Amen. Yeah. When I was a, um, a kid, and when I say kid, I was like 17. <laughs> um, uh, probably, I don't know. It was high school, junior high. And uh, we had this stupid thing when we got bored that we would go around and do uh, doorbell ditching. Has anyone ever done that? You know? And when people do it to you, it's just terrible. You're just so annoyed. You know, you finally get off your couch, and you walk over, and no one's there. It's infuriating. And I was a participant in that. Reluctant one, because I was a rule follower. So I felt so terrible. So I would usually play the lookout. (laughs) You know, still guilty by association, but the guilt was less. But when we talk about God pursuing us. He is always knocking on the door of your hearts. And that knocking won't stop. It will be extremely irritating at times because you know he's there because he wants you to be where he is. It's that homing beacon. You know you're supposed to be there, but it can be so challenging at times. But he wants you with him because it's the only place. It's not the best place. It's the only place we should be. The only place. And guess what? When you open that door, you don't find a God that just rang your doorbell and left. He's right there. He will always be right in your face. 
ready for the journey with you, wanting to be where you are, wanting you to be where he is. When we think about Easter, it is the relentless pursuit that he has for our hearts and giving us the invitation to be where he is all the time without having to leave. When we look at the rich young ruler, Jesus says, come with me and you will have treasure in where? You will have what in heaven? Treasure. What Jesus is saying is that if you come follow me, you will have more of me for all eternity. He's the treasure. It's not about getting a fancy new car in heaven. It's not about getting all that we didn't get here. Who cares? That does not produce life. Jesus is the treasure. And a place where you don't have to worry about time. When we think about eternity, that means we don't have to look at our watch. We don't know how to comprehend that. I don't either. I can give you some words to try, but it doesn't do anything because we've always been conditioned by time. But we won't be conditioned that way. It will be purely relationally, 100%, being where he is. And then we talk about a lot on Easter Sunday, we talk about faith, having faith in Jesus Christ. Well, faith goes beyond belief. Faith is our response to God's relentless pursuit for our hearts by responding in kind with a pursuit of our own. Going after him as he's coming after us. What happens when two things that are going at each other full bore, what happens when they finally meet? They collide, man. It is something beautiful and wonderful to behold when our heart collides with God's. Because we're in the same place at the same time, intertwined, experiencing a great and powerful intimacy we are created to know and created to stay in. But it can be hard for us at times to receive it, to receive that invitation. Many of us heard this, and we're, I'm going to say it again because it has to be said again. I could ask you a theological question How are you saved? And you would probably, most of you, say, by grace. It is by grace through Jesus Christ that we are saved. Yes, absolutely true. But oftentimes we live as if the, the answer to our question is the opposite. We've got to earn it. Well, I know it's by grace, and I know Jesus loves me, but I'm going to live a life that reflects an earning mentality of that, to be worthy of it. We could be doing good things the rest of our life, and it won't even come close to what Jesus did on the cross and in the tomb. It is a gift. When you give a gift, do you say to someone, hey, now you've got to earn this? No. Now, when I give a, get a gift... I crawl up into a little ball and inside and die because I feel unworthy of it. When someone has put thoughtfulness and intentionality and in the best of who they are, that's the thing. Jesus puts all of who he is into us. That's, we're invited into all of that. When someone does that, you kind of feel, oh, I don't deserve this. Am I the only one? You go, why did you give this to me in your heart? Maybe you say that a lot. Why are you doing this? Because this is making me feel awful. Because I don't deserve it. Well, who cares if you think you deserve it or not? It's a gift. And it's them expressing to you your value to them. 
And we've got to get on board with that. When God gives his one and only son for us, it's to say how much he values us. Are we worthy of it based off uh, works? No, we are not. We're worth it because we're his. And we're of greatest value. We don't have to convince him of that. We have to accept that. And as we accept that, we begin to say yes to the invitation and to the pursuit that God has on our hearts. And then it's funny because we ask a follow-up question like, are you sure, God? <laughs> Can I really step here and, and be with you? It's if, I don't know if you've had this experience. I've had it way too often where someone invites you into their house and they say the most uncomfortable phrase ever, make yourself at home. And then you kind of go, yeah, that ain't happening. Right? Because you feel like you're trespassing, even though they gave the invitation. And then if they know you a little bit, and they know you don't like receiving stuff, then they go, now that means you can, you know, raid the fridge, the cupboards, you have access to everything here. And then you're kind of like, oh, thank you. Yeah, again, not happening. I'm not touching that fridge without express permission, and they're doing it. And I'll just go, yay, you opened the fridge for me. Thank you. And then they do the last thing, the Hail Mary that gets you into that place. I'm not going to cook for you. I'm not going to make you anything. I'm not going to go to the fridge. If you want to do this, you can get up your lazy behind out of your chair and you can go do it. Has anyone had that right act at them? Oh, I have. And you know, it's really funny. You finally get the courage to go to the fridge and then you still ask them, is this okay? Can I do this? Oh my goodness! The resurrection is an open invitation that we have to get up and say yes to and receive and take. We have to do that. He's not going to do that for us. He's given you permission, He's encouraged you, He's shown you how, He's given you everything you would need. Now we just have to do it and say yes to the invitation, to the pursuit. And then your life reflects pursuing him. So when we celebrate Easter and we say he is risen, it's more than just conquering death. That's part of it, but it's because he's obsessed with us. It's because he's bonkers with us. It's because his heart will not, cannot ever stop going after us. It would be against his character for him to stop loving us, for him to stop going after us. Remember, he is always knocking on your door, always. And you may know him and have a good relationship, but there's always more. There's always more to say yes to. There's always an invitation within the invitation to go deeper in his presence, to experience more of who he is, because that's faith. It's going beyond just believing in him, and it's now going living in and with him. That, to me, is faith. Stepping in in that way. So when we say he is risen, we know what that means. He is risen indeed. Yeah. So I'm going to stop talking. And we're going to enter, enter in some more worship here. But I don't want to cloud our time because we can talk about theological things and all this, but the greatest theological understanding, in my opinion, is that he's crazy about us, he loves us, and he wants us to be where he is, and that's the whole purpose of Jesus, making that possible. So we can walk to the fridge and not to go, are you sure I can do this? So that we can answer the door, and there he is.
He's never not there. His heart will not stop going after us. It won't. It can't. Because that's who he is. So we're going to enter a time of worship, and I just want to encourage you. I don't, I don't know how it is that you individually connect with the Lord or how you posture yourself to receive and focus. If you need to walk around, walk around. If you need to be on your knees, be on your knees. If you need to sit, sit. Stand, stand. Whatever it may be, this is a time for us to connect with him together in spirit and in truth. And I want to encourage that. This could be a moment to say yes to him. Remember, each day is an invitation. Every single day is an Easter Sunday. Every single day is God pursuing you. Every single day is an opportunity to say yes to the invitation. Let us pray. Lord, I just ask that you would dominate this time with your presence and with your movement and that you would lead each of us, no matter what we came in with, to a place where we can say, I surrender all. We say yes to you in this moment and not have to overthink, what would this mean if I say yes? That's faith. We don't know where it will lead us, but we know we'll be with you. And that's what matters. It's all that matters before anything else can truly matter. We pray a blessing over the worship that it would be pleasing to you and it would be about you. I ask that as we take an offering that would be used for your kingdom and for your glory. It would be used in such a way that it reaches places and people that need to hear the invitation, that need the opportunity to say yes. So bless our time together. May the phrase, he is risen, have greater weight so that when we say it, we know that it means freedom to be where you are and never have to leave. There is not a man or a beast Nothing on the land underneath Oh, nothing that could ever come between The love you have for me I could lay my head in Sheol I could make my bed at the bottom of the darkness deep Oh, but there is not a place I could escape you i
Because your heart won't stop. Your 